Welcome to this very special episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors at the Church of Greer Station and your host. Now, The Weekly is typically a week-to-week podcast that we do, but each week during the summer is going to be a little bit different. So we decided that we're going to do just a couple of one-off summer special episodes, including this one. Today, I talk with Anon and Anusha. Anon is a church planter, missionary, pastor, writer extraordinaire, and a good friend. He is a, an Indian national in the southeast region of India, and he came and visited with us a few weeks back. And I spent some time talking with Anon and Anusha about their ministry. But where the conversation begins today is, is talking about snakes and the crazy experiences that both Anon and Anusha have had with snakes. I hope you were thoroughly entertained by this conversation about snakes. Uh, But more so, I hope that you're encouraged by the example that they are for us as they labor to make Jesus known in Southeast India. So what's the longest snake? I mean, if you were to guess, how how big is the biggest snake that you've seen? Python. A python? Feet. 12 feet. 12 feet, yes. You've seen a 12-foot python? Yeah. Did you, did someone, did you get someone to kill it? You was the one to kill it. You killed a 12-foot python? I mean, a few of us. So, Narr- give me, narrate this story. Tell me everything that happened in this story. I need to know. So, it's more like a king cobra. India is big on king cobras. And uh, they're very famous and they're very fast and uh, very poisonous. Probably one of the most poisonous snake in the entire world and uh, so it's hard even to kill them I mean like you know there are a ton of stories where we can think about it so I was getting out of my house I was locking it when I was about to lock it when I turned back I see this snake on the on the bolt which was about to tie in I was like shocked to see that and I called my friend and uh, we had we just came home from playing cricket and uh, we, <laughs> and we took those cricket bats and wickets <laughs> and uh, gave it a lot of blows and and that one is like a strong one uh, kind of like spitting spiting trying to bite us like coming towards us so we throw some stones and bricks and uh, and uh, and it's very fast like you if you Give it a hit. If it has space to go, it'll go very fast. It'll run away. So this was a cobra. This is a king cobra. King cobra, not a python. Not a python. It's a king cobra. You've killed pythons too. Yeah, but more the king cobras. More of the king. All because right. pythons are not really dangerous. I mean, they're dangerous, but king cobras are more dangerous. Nothing to pythons. Nothing no, to pythons. pythons. <laughs> they might as well be. Yeah. They might as well be like kittens. There's nothing to pythons. They're, yeah, it's like. Because we live on a village side, so we st- we grow up playing cricket in those little uh, villages and the farms. So I was well, well with this particular. All right, so this story. So you said you were, you would just got done playing cricket. Yeah. You were locking your door and getting ready to go get on a boat to go somewhere. Yeah. And there was a king cobra on the boat. Yeah. And so you and your friend use your cricket bats. Yeah. And bricks and rocks to yeah. kill this king cobra. To kill, kill it. Did uh, you see this happening in your show? Oh, it. 
it's like long time ago like okay. we were we were married by then okay. so this is like when we were small uh and uh, so you did this as a kid yeah because when i while i was growing up we had a uh, lakes and uh, uh, lots of farms around us so gotcha. we see snakes every day but uh, in my country people if they see a snake they would prostrate in front of it and would worship it hmm. and will uh, tell the snake god or goddess to go safe and uh, it's very unfortunate but a lot of people die of snake bites but i don't mind killing it even before them because they are dangerous so i we did it like a lot of times and even while we were playing cricket i had a lot of experience like stepping on it walking on the snakes and um, so we are very much used to it so when we see a king cobra we can easily spot it because they are actually usually black and brown and long and thin and they can they go very fast it's hard to catch them by their uh, tail so what we do is we usually whatever we had with the hands mostly cricket bats so what we would do we would like throw it on it and once it gets rounded up we will put like bricks on it and once it have hard time moving some of my friend one of my friend would catch its tail and uh, would would like uh, spin it like a rope yeah. and would <laughs> I have and, seen that and would hit, that? and would hit it to the wall <laughs> so <laughs> once it's half dead then they will start crushing its head so it's more like a game thing hmm. for them to play with <laughs> killing it. king cobras yeah. is a children's game <laughs> yeah. where you're from yeah so when we see so we have a type of snake just called black snake which is like a harmless snake it eats rodents yeah and I, there was this one instance where there was a guy in our church who had a black snake in his it was like a 5 foot long black snake in his garage and me and two other guys went to kill it and the three of us were too scared to kill this snake this harmless black snake three adult men were too scared to kill it um so you are uh some sort of superhero i suspect because we <laughs> we grew up i'm recording all of this by the way yeah no problem so we surprise i just yeah okay i'm sorry continue no so we grew up when we used to go to school there are a lot of snake charmers every day we see they have like 10 20 snakes in their little baskets they pull the snakes out and uh, kind of make them dance uh, the snakes so we are used to seeing them every day and uh, so we kind of like used to touch it and play with it and so most of these snakes are poisonous because their the poison glands or whatever is it is has been taken out from the snakes so people can actually take it and play with it because the glands have taken over unless it bites but mostly it doesn't because people are used to it so and we also used to growing people having snakes in the house uh like pets yes i mean very rare some people like because and we also grow up in a culture where people actually worship snakes like yeah. yes. give it milk and eggs so even today um so when people see they don't see snake as a dangerous but as an object to worship Mm. So we're not really like really scared about it. Like if we say snake, oh there goes a snake. So and a lot of people would like say, oh don't touch it, don't touch it. Uh, snake goddess is going. Worship mm. it, worship it. And uh, we grew, we also grew up in a culture where people believe snake actually great have great memory power. Like 
if you go and hit a snake even if you it 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 will come back and kill you yeah. like even yeah. today we can yeah. hear stories like if you hit a snake like especially king cobra and uh, it can it will take a revenge on you and even if you cross seven oceans that king cobra can actually cross seven oceans and come and kill you i wow. have a like, funny story to tell you about anand when he was a kid he he actually did that he killed a snake but it was not dead so he could not sleep for one <laughs> one week it since he, his mother he, his mother told me recently because uh, he was sitting in a chair and he doesn't want to get down of the of his bed and he still worried oh i don't know when this snake would come and <laughs> kill me and die all and my <laughs> neighbors have scared me that the snake would come with its team and would bite me into pieces <laughs> he would go recruit a bunch of friends to come gang up on you <laughs> yeah and always get you back. they are like some three or four friends always with cricket bats around me protecting me from those snakes so that for one awesome. month in the winter time i didn't take blankets on me if i was i was scared if what if it's under the blanket <laughs> <laughs> yes it is so for so one month even though my dad got serious on me he gave me hits i didn't still use the blankets I was so scared that those snake because it is true even till today people in India believe that if you hit a snake and if it gets by it doesn't matter even if you travel by plane for seven countries it will still follow you but uh, yeah so we kind of grew up in the culture we are acquainted very much with the snakes and uh, so we kind of used to it well let me i mean um so snakes are a prominent it's prominent imagery in the bible definitely serpents Yes. and Jesus in particular defeating yeah. the serpent. Yeah. Um I guess that would take on a little bit of a different different uh resonance with you all than it would with us. The the idea that yeah, the sun defeats the serpent, yes. which is the, the dragon, which is the Satan. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad because if you go to India you can find uh, a snake with uh, seven heads uh and where people worship it like i see those images every day just down the street where i live where people go and worship it and uh pour milk like it's like hindu anointing mm. which they do so every day they go and anoint those snake of seven heads or three heads so they see the snake of seven heads to be very powerful and they pray to it for their uh, good wish good luck Hmm. so they pray for it so you can see how um satan have uh, used the snake from then on till today uh, to worship i think the image of snake as semi god in pagan culture has always existed even from the time of egyptian civilization till today 2019 uh, we can still see that snake is still being seen as a semi god uh worshiped by um, billions of people all around the world so mm. i can see how satan has still used it it, it satan used it to deceive uh, eve and today he is still using the snake to deceive billions of billions of people all around the world mm. that's a good segue into the sort of work that you guys are doing you guys are committed to gospel ministry and and committed to preaching jesus and committed to seeing people repent of their idolatry and turn to the one true living god. Um and you guys you're you have ministries that are unique to the two of you. Now a couple of minutes ago Anusha yes. you and I were talking about some of the work yes. specific to you some of the things that you do. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. I work with women and kids apart from my medical missions in the mountains. I work with 
I generally try to reach the kids first and then their parents because it is easy to reach the kids and evangelize them slowly and bring them bring them all under one roof and teach them how to how to pray how to sing for the lord how to learn mem- memory verses that's what i'm doing with them and then we slowly try to reach their houses and uh, we are doing house churches with women especially with surrounding women and we concentrate on each street for one long month and we try to teach them and tell them how to pray and we are also telling them that coming to god is not for your needs it's because by grace he has saved us so we need to be obedient to the calling that he has given to us and we also tell them yes suffering is there even if you trust in the lord or no the suffering is suffering and you will have to go through it so if you trust in the lord god is the one who will give you the strength to overcome those so that's how we are teaching women and women are accepting the gospel and coming to god and uh, coming into the light of the lord mm. and that's how we are reaching women in the in the streets like we are choosing a st- uh, one street for one month and we are going street by street and we also reach a village in once a, once a month we reach the whole village we team up with uh, four, five or six women and we we go all together and we reach all these women in the villages and we bring them all under a roof under one roof and we have a meeting on every friday with all these women and these are these are hindu women yes mo- all of them almost everyone is a hindu except for one or two christians so oh. slowly we are bringing all of them and we are bringing them to christ and they are being obedient to god and we, they are learning many new things from and they are becoming slowly they are becoming standard in their faith and growing in the knowledge of god and we are happy for that and we just want to reach many more street li- streets like this and bring many more women to the lord and i also work with the children like i generally have some of the street children anyways and i also when you say street children do you mean orphans or they semi orphans some okay. orphans yeah okay yeah we are reaching them and we are trying to feed them give them shelter for a couple of uh to whatever time the, that is needed for them to settle down and then we sl- slowly try to send them to schools some are okay and some are not not okay and with the semi orphans or children on the streets sometimes they do have parents they when the chil- children are with them they don't want to care for them so the children walk out of the house and we reach them and bring them to our place and now the parents need them so we just can't insist them to keep the children with us so we have we have to give them back so what i do is i just try to go and visit those children at their houses and give them whatever they need and bring them to church like every saturday and sunday and thursday i have these children groups coming over to my um, to where i live and i i gather all of them at one roof and I, t- i try to teach them what is gospel what is how to pray how to learn memory verses how to sing for the lord and how we just i i try to engage them in some game and give them some food so they would come back next time yeah yeah that's what we are doing with the women well yeah. i love i love hearing about that because that's just so that's so similar to all of the things that we do yeah we just do it uh, here in the states and you you're you're doing the same things that we do just yeah. in india that's yeah. a, that's great And you mentioned medical missions as well. Yes. 
So you are a nurse? Yes, I'm a nurse by profession. I worked for five years, a couple of years in India and three years in Kuwait. Okay. And then I got back to India after I got married. Okay. So I'm also working with the medical missions and it's like a gateway for Anand to get into these villages when I go reach them because they don't allow any new person to enter their community, not their villages. So what we are trying to do is we try to reach them, try to talk to them and try to give them the medicine, whatever they need. We go to their level and talk to them and slowly we try to give them and treat them whatever the first aid is there. We try to give them all the medicines that they need for the whole month and we try to visit them every once in two weeks. So we have like two medical camps going on in a month. Each medical camp will have almost 10 villages covering. So it will be like 200 people would be coming for medicines every month to, wow. to me. What sort, so, of, what sort of things are you treating when you see folks? Yeah, most of them are hypertensive because they take some kind of drink from the trees which is making them hypertensive. Okay. And some are, most of them are diabetic also because of the dietary habits we have in India. So most of them are diabetic and malnourishment is the mm. major problem there because they don't eat proper food so they are malnourished so we are giving some multivitamins, calcium, vitamins, iron supplements. We see many new mothers there so we try to give them some protein powders to just to strengthen them and give them strength. And we, we have children also so we try to give them uh, some vitamin supplements like vitamin A and D for their eyes because most of them have this problem of eyesight. Mm. So we try to give them vitamin A and D, it's a capsule with uh, a vitamin A and D and other minerals in it. So that's how we are trying to treat them in their possibility and sometimes we do take some doctors because for say example, we had a dentist going with us to up to the mountains and we tried to do some of the tooth extractions there itself. With I, ha I have got some emergency medicines with me. So we went and we did some tooth extractions there so that they would not uh, come all the way down to the mountain to just to get this uh, tooth extraction done and it would be painful. So they have to walk up to the mountain again. So we thought we can go there and reach them and treat them there. Yeah. So the, that's what we are doing. And, and so you said that doing the, that work provides a platform then for Anand to come and preach the gospel, correct? Yeah. So might, could you slide just a little bit closer? To so there we go. A lot of these villages are hard to reach in the sense uh, those are very secluded and isolated villages. They're kind of scared to allow anybody inside. And there are like a ton of stories uh, where a lot of people who have tried to make contact with them have been killed or speared to death. Like you heard about John Allen Show last uh -huh. year, mm -hmm. so who came to Andaman Nicobar Islands in India. He tried to make a contact with Sintalese tribe and you uh, went alone. And those tribes, they've been there for like thousands of years and they don't allow anybody outside to enter into their island or even to the community, to the villages. So we have thousands of those people groups in central India who don't even allow you to 
make contact with them or even if you make contact with them it's it's impossible for you to go preach christ over there it's like it's they won't they won't allow you to do that hmm. and they will kill you and there are ton of stories every day we hear and people like dr graham steins who have worked in india for 30 years treating leprosy people feeding them preaching the gospel helping them out in every way he could and he was burned to death i mean it's because they strongly believe india is a land of hindus and for nobody else so it's hard for us to reach to those villages and those villages are not hindus they are more animists and spirit worshipers and uh, so they're so isolated in themselves so and so they're so isolated that hinduism hasn't even reached them yeah right. i mean because they live on the top of the mountains they're wow. not uh, blended into the civilization which india has so they have their own thing going on they have their own gods and goddesses stone goddesses worshiping with within themselves this oh for you i should also say still human sacrifice still exists mm. some people find it very hard to believe mm. i mean even i found it hard to believe until i went there i i said like i'm going to believe it until i see it so they said like no no nobody's going to tell you where it is it's done very secretly especially in the month of may hmm and they took me to those villages where it is done and the moment i stepped into those villages i i can i can feel that sense that these people can actually do that hmm and um, i mean animal sacrifice is quite often but imagine a human sacrifice hmm. so a lot of each family would volunteer each family in that village would volunteer to to give one person from the family each year all the different farm to have a human sacrifice wow. so it still exists today i mean you can imagine how i mean human sacrifices is not much in hinduism but i was talking about animism in those uh, tribal villages where we are doing church planting so human sacrifices still exist uh, in in some parts and you can imagine we go there to preach christ they can easily catch us and give us sacrifice give us a sacrifice to the gods so why why on earth would you do that then why would you go preach the gospel to these people why not just let them be I mean, you know, the same reason I was saved. Why would anybody come and preach gospel to me? Hmm. Hmm. I'm same as they are. I mean, in different perspective maybe, but in God's sight, we're all the same, but we're all sinners. Hmm. So, you know, we are judged based upon his standards, not upon our 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 nicest morals in the modern society. We are judged by God's standards. so when we measure up through the lens of the scriptures we we find out that we're all the same and uh, i was saved by grace hmm. and um, it's you know god is if i love him and and if i'm really saved uh, i think the the passion of god is is to save them hmm. so and the, and and besides you know we have the great commission going to the entire nations to the ends of the world where do you expect these are the ones these are the people groups where god has commissioned to go and central india has hundreds and thousands of unreached groups who never even heard the name jesus mm. if you go to those villages and say do you know jesus they would say who is he mm. like is he my neighbor or somebody else like what do you mean mm. so they can't even say the name jesus or or uh, yesu masi which we call in hindi and nepali 
Um, so most of these people don't even know their name because they, they don't have electricity, they don't have televisions, so they don't have any other resources, nobody goes there. Like for us, it takes 10 hours of walk by foot to reach to those villages. Mm. You can imagine 10 hours, who would do that dangerous task with you? You'll have uh, wild animals, snakes, which are poisonous. You have to take a risk um, to go to those villages and, and uh, plant churches and preach gospel to them. I, I think I see God is glorified in our hardships, mm. in we walking those, those 10 hours and we planting those churches. I think, you know, if definitely God, we strongly see the presence of God when we go there because if he doesn't guard us with his angels, we can't take a single step because we go through such a risky places, mm. like we could die any minute and we only believe that since God is with us, uh, nobody is against us. So we kind of feel that that God is making us to reach out to those places. And so far we have planted 10 villages in those uh, central Indian mountain ranges. And we work in states called Chhattisgarh and Jharkhand. And uh, it's one person Christianity. You can imagine that. One, one person, person Christianity. Christianity. Wow. What do, you, what do you mean one person Christianity? 99% are not saved and 50% of them never heard the name Jesus. And, and, and you know, people just sit before their TV and just take care of themselves and pray once a week or fast once a week and just don't care. I remember Paul Washer or John Piper once said, there are only two options, either you go or ascend as a Christian. Hmm. There's no third option like, I'll see about it, or I'll think about it. Hmm. Or, I'll pray about or, it. Or I'll pray yeah. about it, you know, <laughs> similar phrases like those. There's no other option, either you go or ascend. Paul Washer says, so if you, if you send somebody down the hill uh, by the help of a rope, and somebody's, you, you catch the rope for him, the other guy is he, getting down. Either way, both of you should have scars, blood stains in your arms. So you can, just can't say, I'll pray about it, think about it. I mean, Jesus said, you, if, if, you, if you love me, you would do my commandments. And Great Commission is one of it, mm. that you preach the gospel to entire nations. So it's, it's not just an option which is left to you, but it's mandatory that we believe. Otherwise, Paul would, wouldn't have to die or any disciples wouldn't have to die if, if, if they think like you. You know, if they just think, let's be as good Christians and pray and take care of yourself. No disciple has to die. No missionary has to die. No, nobody has to die. And it, gospel wouldn't go. And Bible even wouldn't have been translated into English today. It, mm. it would still have been in Latin language. Mm. If William Tyndale and likes would not have thought about it, that it has to go to everybody. So we would have still been second century or third century, just it will be in Latin and nobody knows what's happening. Mm. So it got it to you and you, I don't think you can just sit there and enjoy what you've been got because for whom much is given, much is required to do. So there really a day when God will question you, what have you done with what I've given? And there are many um, places in the Bible where we can see God has given a lot to many people, like, like the parable of the, ten, the talents. Yep. Like he gives five to somebody and he makes it ten. He gives two to somebody and he makes it four. He gives one to somebody and doesn't do anything. I mean, who is he? It could be us. It mm. could be you and me. Mm. Just do nothing and complain on God. This is all you gave me. Mm. And, and many Christians today just complain on God saying, you know, you know, I'm not really happy with my life because I just have very little. Oh my goodness. Look at people in other parts of the world who don't have even food to eat in once a week or a decent meal in a day. 
and they earn less than one dollar a day and you are much less than them and you're like the one person one talent guy who took it and complained on the on the master mm. you do the same so the the point of the parable is like whatever you whatever you have be content with it and invest it in the kingdom of god and god would multiply uh, in his capacity in, in in what he wills to do so i think it's very necessary that people has to really i mean they don't have to be as missionaries to india or to china or to southeast asia they could be missionaries where they are yeah that's you good. know uh, they could be missionaries locally in their office in their home in their neighborhoods um so one some one one gentleman said um you know you can only reach entire nations by reach starting with your neighbors that's so, right because mis- a lot of people see mission work as a fancy and uh, for romantic the, for the navy seal version of christians yeah yeah like a romantic thing. i go to somewhere and i kind of find it fancy no 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 amy carmichael said mission is an opportunity to die only hmm. if you prepare to die go do uh, overseas missionary or else serve in your own community and 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 and, and you know reach out to people hmm. so i think global missions can be done only through local missions so hmm. you have to start through local missions for yes god designed for some people to go as missionaries abroad but it is your missionary anywhere don't think they are missionaries and we are just christians we are all missionaries uh, per se um, as commission by uh Matthew chapter 28 19 few last few verses. So we last night we were talking about having you on having you next time you come to preach. Yes. I think you I think you just preached a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is so good. So so good. So challenging, so encouraging. Um man. Unfortunately, this is all the time we have for the podcast. Oh, no problem. I'm happy to <laughs> share this. No, this is so Thank good. So um man, I we love you guys. We love you guys so much. Um we're so thankful for the ministry that you guys do. We're so thankful for the example that you set. We're so thankful for the willingness to come and share with us. We're so thankful for the opportunities to be able to support you. Um we love you guys. We uh eagerly await your cooking this evening, Anusha. Yes. Um but no, we love you guys and we um we're just blown away by what the Lord is doing through you. And so we thank you for letting us be a part. Yeah and we also want to thank you for all the prayers you have given for us especially in our family and I you know I think everybody knows about that and um, also for the support financially yes. the church has given for us over the past almost for 5 years and uh, we are really glad and those funds have been used tremendously hmm. beneficial for the children and for pastors and for missionaries and for both of us in a in a tremendous way that god has even multiplied it in india uh, and uh, to see people getting saved through that i think that is how we see in the life of paul how he used those funds to to his missionary travels and to his mission work i think i would really uh, thank the church for its generous uh, support for the missions in India. Absolutely. And if you are interested in learning more about this or interested in um talking more about how you can support Anand and Anusha's ministry, please, please come talk to me or talk to Corey McLeod. We would love to talk with you about that. We're putting together a plan right now 
uh, just to make sure that Auden and Anusha get what they need to continue the ministry, both uh, the ministry to the mountains uh, and to those remote villages, and the ministry with the Disciples Bible College, and the work of getting some of the um, resources that Auden has developed available in, in languages for the, the pastors in this region. So, um, again, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, hopefully this was encouraging and challenging to you. And again, if you have any questions, please uh, reach out to me. Thanks.